0: Welcome back to another case study episode brought to you by Trivelo Coaching. Now, today's case study story isn't our typical case of a marathon PB or an FT improvement, which is all unreal results to see in our case studies, but it's actually an athlete who really was one of the top-level Masters athletes in Australia, previous two-times Australian Masters champion in the time trial, uh, but more than that, whose time trial ability was actually competitive with Australia's elite athletes when they were in their peak form. But... This athlete suffered years of injury, setbacks and frustration over the last three or four years um, and he basically had to start again from rock bottom and after honestly feeling like he he was thinking about just giving up on the bike entirely, uh, this athlete found his motivation and love again for cycling this year and... Even still, when you find that love and motivation again, when you're an athlete of that caliber, it's so tough and mentally humbling to start from scratch again. And we really want to highlight this story because we know so many athletes out there go through similar setbacks and the journey back can sometimes feel insurmountable, let alone uh, very humbling and lonely. So... As always, with our case studies, we'll go through where they were, where they are now, the results they've posted, and how they did it. So, um, Dad, take us through this athlete. What were, what happened to them um, that put them so far backwards injury-wise? Let's talk through kind of the injuries that happened and where, where they were starting from.
1: Yeah, and look, most athletes will go through some injury at some point in time during their career, and uh, unfortunately, this was self-inflicted injury. This was uh, riding out to the Danny Nongs one day and uh, a tradie turning right in front of him Basically, just running ran straight into him, and um, and did all sorts of damage to him. And the fact that he didn't get killed on that particular day was uh, almost a miracle. So that's how how bad the accident was. And um, there was so many things that uh, were damaged in his body from that day that have had um, an impact from that point from that point forward to today. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the date of that, but it was significantly around the time when he was actually riding at his at his peak peak performance. And you know, as we all do, when things are going well, you look at what what's next for me, and where do you, where do I think I can be in another six months or a year? And the the it was you know it was looking good. If you're looking through. Uh, glasses, you would say this is a, a good outcome that's going to happen in the next two or three years, and it, and already he'd been very successful uh, up until that point, and was you know contemplating doing something against uh, the elite um, uh, riders of the world. Um, so, so it was uh, a, quite a really debilitating a- accident that he had, and the comeback from that was well, can I actually get on the bike again? It wasn't a case of. You know, how good can I get again? It was actually, can I ride, uh, again? And, and that was one of the things that, uh, we had long discussions about over the, the next few ensuing months about, uh, where, what, what does it look like? What do we, what do you want to do? Um, are you, you know, are you willing to, to, to go from rock bottom because it the recovery period was a quite significant amount of time and uh, ended up having a back operation uh, at that time and, um, and and as I'm well aware of and our listeners are well aware of now that I've just gone through that myself and I understand where he's come from uh, so it's uh, that set up the the if you can understand where this person has come from to where they are now
0: yeah and it kind of just the next few years just was a constant um, cycle of getting back on the bike, finding some you know um, finding some motivation again, getting a little bit of consistency but then these back problems some some nerve issues sciatic issues just kept popping up and just it was debilitating because um, you might start to f- feel good again and, and feel no pain and then you'd kind of um start to improve and then it would just come back and it would just, it would just seem back to square one. And when that just happens so consistently, you just lose more and more motivation each time. And that happened over literally a few year period. Um, and then that took us kind of the, ne- the next major setback when he started to really, you know, find some form again. And I mean, take us through that.
1: <laughs> From that car accident, um, every time uh, he started to do some intensity in terms of races and test himself, he would end up cramping in his hamstring. And mm. this was, happening almost all the time he'd get into great positions and then he'd get a a severe cramp and it was absolutely related to the the crash that he had with the car um and he just hadn't hadn't been able to recover in that weakness that that he got from that period off the bike and that's something he had to really work at and so so we were getting somewhere but we weren't we were getting really fit but the high intensity he couldn't do because he kept continually cramping Um, and it was, it was more than a cramp. It was just, you know, am I going to tear my hamstring, uh, sort of, sort of feeling? So I'm, I'm really setting the scene for everybody to understand how, how low a point that, um, that he got to. And, and then once he started to, to start overcoming that, um, after the operation, um, so that was never going to be fixed unless he got it operated on. So that's what he decided to do. And, and then it was a matter of rehabbing again from from a low point um so we decided there was no no point in putting himself into race situations again until we fixed the issue of the muscle really giving way uh, when he put uh the, the body through the intensity of a race and that came after years of relentless physio sessions, osteo sessions, whatever, any
0: specialist you can think of going to trying to fix it all these other ways and then uh, resulted in surgery. And then again, once again, start to come back. Um, and coincident or ironically, as you just said, um, in a time trial performance, uh, a standardized time trial we do, um, ended up, uh, on the ground, crashed again, but this time, um, uh, hurt his elbow so bad, then that required surgery. So just another <laughs> just another thing in this story where it's just another major setback. And you can just see how these relentless beatdowns can can get you down mentally and, and just make you feel like
1: giving up. And yeah. that's the message. One of the messages from this particular um, case study is that, you know, watch the song, I get knocked down and, and I get back up again. Um, th- that is, this is an example of uh, the, relen- the relentlessness of um, absolutely being um torn from pillar to post and I just love the fact that uh through all that he's just kept uh, a steady a steady mind and 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 had to concentrate on well whether do I want to continue and start again or or have I had enough and just just become a bike rider and and enjoy my bike riding because he does love riding his bike that's that's one of the points I want to get across um, but he still feels like there's unfinished business and that's the driving motivator for him at the moment and and that's the part I love you know he had to come to that decision himself And and reach out to say, no, take me to the next level. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I want to get back to where I was and see if I can. And I want to actually go through the process of starting from scratch and and building my fitness to a point where I'm really I'm really happy and I'm getting some enjoyment back out of racing again. And that's kind of where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, and it's been um probably five months of really, really good consistent training. Before that it was just kind of that build back up starting from scratch. And I just want to ask you, you know, how how do you how does an athlete cope with that, you know, mentally just when you've been so good before and you know what your level was and then you really have to be humbled and just start from, you know, for for him he's he's a um, a 350 to 400 watt rider, um, you know, over over these kind of time trial um, events and he's, he's barely riding 200 watts to start with, you know. And it's the same as you and in your story you've given the last um, four or five months of, of just having to ignore what you were before um, and go, well, this is where I'm at now and this is what I have to ride to.
1: And look, not only through this particular athlete we're talking about, but many of the athletes that I coach. And I was just having a conversation with one of them yesterday. They're coming up for a, a, a 20 minute FTP test today. And this is another example of this rider that I'm going to talk about now is, is, was a really good time trialist and hasn't been able to, to train the way he wanted to in over a year. And uh, he's asking me questions about, you know, this is my plan for the FTP test. Do you think that's right? And I had to say to him, you know, forget about what you've been able to do before. Let's just let's just not think like that. Let's think about where you are right now. And that's the good thing that Rossi did. He He, as much as it frustrated him, he did not flinch when he's going to have to try and write a a 20-minute test and that's what we had to do we had to start with a test to see where his basic fitness level was at rock bottom and and you know no different to what i had to go through you have to start and train to the number you're at and that it that takes you have to take the ego out of everything there because that's not what i can do that's not what i'm used to they're the numbers that i want to see and all of a sudden if you try to ride to your old numbers, you're going to fail every single training session. And that's obvious, but, but people don't see it as obvious. They just think this is what I can and should be able to do. And therefore I'm going to ride to those numbers and, and actually blow up after eight minutes in a 20 minute test and say, uh, something wrong with me. I hate, I hate testing and using all the excuses uh, that are completely irrelevant to the fact that you need to actually train and do this test to your current form and that is the message that people need to hear
0: so uh where is he at now what's what's happened in the last last five six months of training and what are the results he's had and this is the reason we're recording this now is because on the weekend i mean his journey isn't finished you know this isn't his a race his a race is coming over the next three or four months um but we want to talk about this now because on the weekend he just posted a time trial, uh, 15 seconds of his all-time best, uh, and his all-time best was back in 2020, um, but he, he he posted a um, yeah a time of 21.56 for this time trial, which is his previous best was 21.40, so 16 seconds, sorry. Um, and again, comparing time trial to time trial, we don't know what the conditions of the day were back in 2020 because... Yeah, it was, the date was November 2020. We don't know exactly what the conditions were, but regardless, he's posted um, his power getting up there and close to back to his best, and, and the time was the main thing. And that's um, just an indication of how much he's gotten himself back to form. And even the improvement over the last month, you know, a month ago did this time trial, and he's wiped off Forty-eight seconds, I think, since that time trial three weeks ago, his power has gone from three fifty 350 to three fifty-four to three sixty-two across three tests over the last. Sorry, I should say six weeks. Um, so that just gives an indication as to as to him finding his form again.
1: Yeah, and there's so much you can uh, dig out of uh, of the, the the last month, and that that last month or six weeks actually um, has been a result of six months of hard work. And, and uh, starting from scratch and just uh, training to the numbers that that are relevant to you at the time and continuing to uh, improve your aerobic endurance by going out and doing some, some longer rides, um, uh, focusing on one session at a time, uh, doing the high intensity at your level, uh, doing the zone two stuff where you've just got to get out there and get the kilometres into your legs, uh, get your body used to that, build your aerobic fitness. Um, we've also done, uh, some in, in intense racing on our Trivello race schedule of, uh, eight to 10 weeks of, uh, Thursday night races. So the intensity has had competition. Um, there's a, a whole lot of examples of things that have, that have helped him, uh, continue to improve his form. And that would be normal for every, every, any athlete. But I, I want to highlight this with this particular athlete because he was at the pointy end. He wasn't an everyday average age grouper. He was national champion as a time trialist. And, and, you know, that as an age grouper, that's still, that's still a, a you know, an excellent feat. But on the days of those races, he was the fastest person on the day. Uh, and that's against the best time trialers in Australia. So no matter what your age was on that day as a masters rider, he recorded the fastest time. That's actually more probably important to him than, than, the, than winning the na- national masters. Uh, Time trial, um, you know, gold medal, Um, being the fastest rider on the day is what he's always trying to to achieve. So, to clarify, with
0: with masters, it's it's age group based. So it's you know, and you're saying that the age group medal wasn't as significant as the fact that across all age groups, he was the fastest of the day.
1: That's right. So, so these are the things that uh, we're we're really trying to to, uh, compare against, so that we can compare apples with apples to see where he is. And all the time, we want to analyze uh, data to. feel and find out um, how are we tracking compared to what you were doing before. So a person who's at the pointy end of the, of the spectrum of racing, you would expect the improvement to be really insignificant minor improvements. And, of course, we see a huge difference uh, between what he did on the 30th of July, as an example, he rode 22 minutes 44, and then on the 20th of August, he rode 22 minutes 27, and then on the 3rd of September, he rode 21.56. That is significant in six weeks for a person who is riding forty-five or forty-six k's an hour. You know, it's on the same course. It's not like we're comparing a different course on a different um, bike, or it's it's we're comparing apples with apples. The only difference would be the conditions on the day would be a slight variation, um, and and that's what I want. I want to make sure the listeners are understanding that to get reference we need to we need to compare apples with apples all the time and this is a perfect sol- scenario that we've got in front of us
0: and i love your point that you know that is that the improvement of the last six weeks is the result of the five to six months of hard work you know you've started time trial again and that first one you know maybe a bit rusty maybe you're just just getting used to it again but just getting used to that execution getting used to you know those those racing environment that time trial environment so the, this improvement isn't just about the fitness gain it's it's a culmination of everything it's it's all that aerobic work coming through it's that execution practice it's it's getting used to that race specific intensity again and, and that's resulted in yeah posting a time that's 15 or 16 seconds off his all-time best uh, so everyone always wants to know what training did you do and I want you to kind of touch on a bit more specifically with the sessions but this case study the training is less important that the point we're really trying to hit home and and Talk about with this specific case study is the, um, the impressive feat of having to start from rock bottom, having to be patient, having to accept where you're at and just getting that consistency back, finding that love and motivation back and working from there to get yourself back to you know, an elite level of riding which is 45, 46 k's an hour.
1: Yeah, there's a lot I could say about how we got there. Um, the main point is uh, that he's chipped away at each session every day and barely missed. That's the key and of course that's consistency. And whatever topic we talk about, we always come back to that fact. If you can remain consistent throughout the process, then the opportunities for your improvement are so much more uh, able to be seen, you know, in front of your face. If you have periods of inconsistency, and we've got athletes in that same race who who are on form, uh, and then they've had a week of sickness or they went to the snow or whatever happened they trained inconsistently for a period of 7 to 15 days and all of a sudden their times have gone backwards and we we want to analyze and look for reasons and and that's clear to them they know what's going on and and the reason why Rossi's been able to to get to this point is because he's been able to maintain that level of fitness he knows the sessions he needs to do that are going to get him to the point where he's going to start getting fitter than he has been before and those key sessions are have not changed in in three or four years, they are doing that endurance right, getting the the strength in your legs by tr- by training in the hills, by not flogging yourself in those sessions, but just by being out there for an accumulated period of time. So you're building that aerobic base, that that zone two effort. Plus, you're getting the strength from riding up and down hills, and then those midweek stuff where we're really putting some strength efforts into his into his sessions with some. Uh, threshold at strength, uh, and then some VO2 stuff where we're really revving the legs at high cadence and getting the heart rate to really be stimulated. And he's doing those numbers at the right number, not numbers that are fictitious. He's doing them all at the right number. And he's religiously tested himself, you know, every third or fourth week so that he knows that the numbers are changing and he's on top of all of that. And the other key session is that sweet spot, ride where, you know, we all the time think of this session as, oh boy, it's so hard because it's just under threshold and it's it's above zone two. But that is a key component of improvement. I've seen that so many times. People who can master that session, they will actually become the the better threshold rider that they want to be. And whether that's in a race where you've broken away and you have to ride threshold to the end of the race for five or six minutes, you've got that uh, piece of armoury uh, available to you or whether you're a time trialist and you want to actually improve your time trialing. So we, we know the key sessions that work for all the athletes we coach. It's just a matter of those people being able to implement them, uh, into their program and remaining consistent as possible. And obviously measuring how they're going at, you know, certain key dates along that journey.
0: Yeah. And I want to read out a a little quote from him. I asked him if it's okay if we do this case study on him. Um, He doesn't like the limelight. um, And he said, sure, but he just wanted to make sure um, we got one request across, which was, he just said, the recovery from the broken elbow and surgeries has been one thing, but the back surgery and sciatic nerve issues has really given me a second life and appreciation for cycling. Uh, I just want to give a little shout out to Wangy, the surgeon, who was also actually your surgeon dad, as well as um, you dad for your support. He said, I would have racked the bikes years ago if it wasn't for them so that's a nice little shout out there but that's that's a good summary of, uh, of this case study is there any other point you want to make to finish off
1: no, and as I've said uh, when I've been talking about my own journey, um, I I probably haven't said enough about the, the value of a guy like uh, Mr. Ian Wang, who I happen to coach. Um, the job he did with both Rossi and I has been remarkable and we're really very grateful that we've actually known this person. It's a, almost a gratitude here, but but yeah, so so you know, you do need help uh when you're trying to come back from from um from whatever scenario you're in. Reach out to others to get help because you can't do it by yourself. It is so much easier to share what's going on and there will be no matter who you're talking to, whether you think they're going to be able to contribute to your improvement or not, you never know unless you actually talk about things and, and finding out, you know, this is a classic example of reaching out to, to me when he was, when he was just questioning whether this is what he wants to do and I'm asking him questions back. Are you still loving bike riding? Do you still want to race? Do you still want to pin a number on? And if, if he's hesitating with that, then, you know, it's easy decision. Don't go down that track. Stay with just riding your bike to keep yourself fit. But that's not what happened. And that's that's the beauty of having people to reach out to. And then you can make decisions based on, actually, do I really want to do this? And, and believe me, the minute it's taken away from you, then you realize whether you do want it or, or not, or you don't want it as desperately as you think. Um, and i think an example for you for you would be uh, when you've been traveling recently when you haven't had a bike and there's been periods where far out it'd be great to ride my bike around this particular region of the world that i'm on but you know you don't have the bike with you so you've got no choice and it's the same with being injured or, or ill the minute those things are taken away from you then you get a a newfound love of gee I actually do love doing that and I can't wait to when I'm healthy again to get back into it and I think the example we're trying to use here for Rossi is for all those age groupers out there who are going to go through periods of sickness of injury of hopefully not you know being hit by cars but but similar issues roadblocks that are put in front of you that cause you to have inconsistency and and not achieve the goals you're trying to do this was two or three years worth of of being knocked back, knocked down and and getting back up. That's the point I want to make, um, you know, that's a sign of resilience of someone who really does love what they're doing. And, and that's why we're bringing it up now because it's been such a long journey. And I just, I'm absolutely so proud of the way he's gone about. Uh, getting himself back to the, the athlete that he wants to be. And as he said, the journey's not finished yet. He feels there's a lot more to, to give. And the fact that he's, you know, some of the examples we gave, one of the particular races we do, he's almost that close to the numbers that he's able to do two or three years ago when he was at his peak. And now he's nearly there. And it's it's a great story.
0: Yeah, it really is. And we'll give you an update of the next three or four months when he hits his A-race and and how he goes there. But after the weekend's performance, we really want to highlight this. And we hope it's encouraging for you. We hope it's motivating because it was really motivating for us to see and watch. So, that's it for this case study and we'll see you on the next episode.